0: The following program has been rated M A S C T Z B S. it contains facts, critical thinking, and zero bullshit.
1: Join me in a moment of silence.
0: Equation. I am your benevolent host, Nick, the Saucy One Cat Source, humble servant of the people. And as always, I am broadcasting to you live from the land of meth and honey, Caraville, Tennessee. I also want to introduce my patriotic, my nationalistic, my all-American producer, the mom to my apple pie, the liberty to my death, the home of the brave to my land of the free. See the Maven domestic man. I'm feeling it today. What is I'm in a good, uh, I'm
2: in a good mood. Well, good. That's that makes one of us is feeling it. I don't know. I think I'm just feeling the end of the weather still. Like where when, when the, whenever the weather changes like severely, you know, as it always does in Tennessee. One day it can be 70 degrees, the next day it's pouring rain and like 38. Um, I, it just it wreaks havoc on me. So I've been really stuffy and just waterlogged. A weekend and that's just. And you've still been kicking everything. ass. I'm working on it, man. I'm trying. Sure, All righty.
0: Sure. And a man who thinks the greatest things about the American dream have to do with boobies, burgers, and guns. Duane, the the D and K kid, Badger. Dwayne. <laughs> Born in the D and K. Oh, you bastard! Anyway, <laughs>
3: that's funny. That's what I'm
0: saying. That's patriotic, right?
3: That's right. I actually have a Facebook group
0: based on No Man for Married with
3: Children, and it's actually beer, boobies, and uh, bacon. And so it's funny that you actually picked up on some of that, but boobies are a major part of my life. But I want to mention that you kind of seem a little bipolar today. You brought the show in, uh, no bullshit, no whatever. Then you introduced me and Dean, and it's like you're Mr. Happy Tank. What's going on there, man?
0: Look, if I have to introduce, if I have to say these same yeah. lines over and over and over again at the <laughs> beginning of every show, I like to mix it up and kind of do it, I don't want to say in different character, but like with a different voice or a different rhythm or a different cadence, because if I don't, I just won't want to do it anymore, so I jazz it up just, gotcha. just so I can keep it. Gotcha. And today, I actually gave a damn a little bit more than I usually do. So maybe oh, okay. it's because I'm sensing our own extinction is nigh and just around the corner. So I'm I'm happy it's John finally done.
3: John 316.
0: John <laughs> 316. Absolutely. All righty, and a girl who not only lives in the same country as me, but occupies the same cold heart um cold hard reality, excuse me. Fern Thompson.
4: Hello, hello. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, depending on
0: where you are and what time it is. Welcome to my reality.
4: Oh, dude, uh, reality is so subjective anymore. I mean, what is reality? Reality is, reality is just as imaginary bomb, to some guys. people
0: as unicorns. Burns about to get philosophical, time to break out the bongs for our listeners. Mm-hmm. Well, hey, if we're going to keep people guessing, keep them guessing, right? Absolutely, absolutely. All right, I'm going to stop saying absolutely. I've said it like nine times this episode already. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely.
3: stop it. Absolutely the, absolutely, you should. Definitely
0: definitely got to stop saying that. Definitely bad. Definitely get my underwear in <laughs> up. <laughs> I'm a
3: very <laughs> good driver. <laughs> definitely.
1: I'm a good driver. Yeah, I like a driver. Very good. Very good. Okay. Uh, hey,
3: hey, hey, I hear Jay yeah. bringing back uh, Blue Light Specials. They're actually offering them online now there, Rain Man, so you might be in luck. Yeah,
0: nice. there you go. I don't know where to go with that information. Okay, Dee, who do we got coming up today and in the future? All right.
2: Well, today uh, we have got Corey Clark calling in from Warrior Soul. He's going to join our panel today. And we've got Heidi Heathlett coming on our Kettle of Fish this afternoon. That'll be super cool. Um, This Friday we've got comedian Hakeem Combs coming on. Uh, we've got Brandy Posey, comedian, coming up. We've got Alex White of White Mystery coming back. This time, just to talk about the music. Uh, we've got comedian Rebecca Lieb coming back. Uh, Ralph Christine's going to play some trivia. We've got Sean Whalen coming on Kettle of Fish soon. He has been in, I, I guarantee if you're under the age of like 50, you've seen him in a movie or a TV show. Uh, We've got Mormazine coming on. We've got Ben Stewart from Songhammer coming back. We've got comedian Chris Mohan coming back, or coming. Uh, We've got the first upcycling magician I've ever seen in my life, Steve Trash, is coming on. Uh, Comedian Christine Barter is coming on. Ventriloquist. Oh, sorry, Ventriloquist, excuse me. Um, We have got our 100th episode coming up that we'll have some of our old favorites. Um Rachelle from King of the Nerds is coming on. We've gonna have we're gonna have uh William Sanderson coming on, uh John Lear's coming on, and for those of you who have somehow missed it or just would love to have some free swag. Because who doesn't like free swag? Um if you will go over Facebook.com slash KOS show and click the giveaway tab. You can enter to win a kettle of fish in a box. No, you uh, <laughs> really a kettle of fish. Uh, there will be a kettle, real fi- live fish not included. There will be fishy goodness. And there will be celebrity swag, including but not limited to a signed autographed. I I guess those two things are the same thing. And autographs still from True Blood, the TV show, as well as some other really cool swag from previous guests that we've had on. Um, Just go over to Facebook.com slash KOF show and click on the giveaway tab. Um, So far, the entries are very, very low, so you have a very good chance. And you can enter daily.
0: Our and guests are the go. best guests, too, man, because i got to tell you, they are. Like I, I know there are other people that go on other shows, but the guests that we've had on this show, most of the guests, I would say the great majority of them, have been so cool. Anytime I ask them, hey, do you want to call in? Or I had asked some people. I didn't have anybody say no when I said, hey, do you want to send some swag to put into our Kettle of Fish contest? Every single person's like, what's your address? I'll get this out to you ASAP. That's so mm-hmm. awesome. So... Um, very awesome. And we've got some really cool
2: swag waiting for you. We've
5: already
0: got a couple
2: of pieces in it.
0: I'm like, man, it's awesome. The start music was from today's guest, Corey Clark from Warrior Soul. It was Fourth Reich was the name of the song. And these guys guys I've loved forever. We've had them on musical. We've had Corey on musical Osmosis. We started going down the political rabbit hole. And I said, let me keep politics to politics. And I asked Corey to come back and talk politics with us. Of course, he was delighted. And that is how that came about. And another thing that we did not mention is we had um, James Mernandino and Jimmy DeVal, I hope I'm pronouncing that right, from SLC mm-hmm, Punk 2 and the first SLC Punk on. Jimmy was also the rabbit in Donnie Darko. He's been in Independence Day, gone in 60 seconds. A bunch of movies, and he will be coming to Kettle of Fish soon, too. I just need to message him and you know get our yep. schedule worked out. So lots yeah, of great stuff. Both. Excited, excited, and I'm super excited yeah. about Sean Whalen, too, who was in People Under the Stairs, yeah. Lost. He, he's been in Sunny in Philadelphia recently. He's been in, like, umpteen things, sport. yeah. It's, he's it's a working crazy. actor, a journeyman actor, a term I, I learned from there William He's a journeyman actor. Ooh. All right, so our first story today, the first thing I wanted to talk about, I heard this on the Titus podcast, and... um You know, I try not to. I try to dig and find my own stuff, but when I hear something like this, I'm like, okay, I've got to talk about this on my podcast, too. And I listen to a dozen podcasts a week, at least. But um, so we all know what transgender is. Well, now we have trans able, and these are able bodied people who identify as disabled. And here's what I like I like this euphemism. Do you know what the medical term of this is, guys? Yeah, I just looked
3: it up and I can't remember it off the top of my head. Yeah, body yeah, I mean,
0: listen, whatever. Listen how like legitimate and medical this sounds. Like this sounds like something we go, oh, okay, I guess that's a thing. Body integrity there. identity disorder. <laughs> so mm-hmm. they're they're not just out of their minds cutting off their own limbs. They actually have a serious case of body identity or body integrity identity disorder. Um D, since you're somebody who's way way more i guess on the absolutism of transgender issues than anybody else on this panel, why don't you well, on psychological us, issues well uh, yeah you know what yeah, yeah. trans able is and, and how this compares to transgender and why you're not down with trans able when you know cutting off your penis mm-hmm. because you're trans able or cutting off your penis because you're transgender or having your penis surgically removed let's not be hyperbolic. To me, for either or, kind of seems like it's in the same wheelhouse. But maybe not. Let's find out. Well, first off, uh, I
2: do want to specify that this was only added to the Emerging emerging Measures and Models Appendix section of the DSM-5 in 2013. Um, For those who are in the field, or for those who aren't in the field, rather, the DSM-5 is the – that is how those in the psychology and human services field identify um what a person might be dealing with as far as disorders and um mental issues and psychological issues so th- it's it's trying to be pushed into the regular sections of um of disorders but it's not there uh, so let's let's just be fair this is on the outskirts um there are – apparently there are people who do identify as having tra- – or, or being transabled or as having um, body integrity identity disorder. However, um, it's rare. Uh, this is I, – I mean, there – it's likely that at least – it's likely that all of us have met at least one person who's transgendered or will meet one person who's transgendered in our lives, or at least we know of a few people who are um however um it is very unlikely that you will meet or hear of any transabled person because it is indeed so very rare um there was an article written by a um an alexandra or alexander sorry Beryl, um who is a canadian who is transgendered him himself um and disabled but not Transabled, um, so he's got two out of three. Wow! That's now, confusing. um, yes, he is transgender. He is disabled, but he is actually disabled and not, you know, whatever. Um, there are those who are who are thinking that this has more to do with um, a neurological body mapping disorder. So, um, it, I think it it seems to be relating. Cl- the, the more I dig. It seems to be relating closer to uh, like phantom limb syndrome when someone has um, an amputation yeah. and they still feel like it's there. It's closer to that
0: than well, it's say the opposite of that, right? They have a limb there. Well, yeah, it, it is, but it it, it goes more how on the level of that than two
3: legs?
2: well, it goes more on the level of something like that where the the mind is incorrectly telling the body how it is as it, it, rather than, you know, this is a psychological issue where internally they really feel like they're misgendered. Um, so the transgender community is trying to separate themselves from this and keep the, keep their distance because, you know, they've had a really tough time of people recognizing that this is a psychological issue um, and this is a real thing um, and somebody really can from a very, very young age, feel like, well, you know, I have this body part, but I really feel like I'm supposed to have the other one because I don't feel like a little boy. I feel like a little girl. Like I'm supposed to be wearing dresses like mommy or I'm, you know, I'm never supposed to sit down when I pee like a girl. Come on, that's that's craziness. This is not how my body's supposed to work, and I know it. Um, It's a little bit, you know, so the, the transgender community is trying to, keep themselves away from it because they're like, you know, that's not who we are. This is, this is an actual thing that can okay. be tested and studied and proven. Um, but just to kind of put it into, into perspective, um, when researching this, there were 37 people worldwide um, at the time of this that were identified as transabled. Um, most felt like they, they wanted to be paralyzed they They craved it, or an amputation, although as you mentioned, there was one person who felt like um they shouldn't have their penis, and another one wanted to be blind um so it, it, it's it's very fringe, it's very um yeah i i cannot I can't buy into it, I just can't uh, I understand it's in the appendix of a book that I myself have to rely on
0: in my field. But no, just now. All right, so yeah. let me pass this over to you because Dee had pulled up a lot of great numbers. Uh, and um, one of the things that stuck out to me is none of these cases, the 37 cases are mainly in where, Germany and Finland or Sweden, Dee? Uh, Switzerland. Switzerland. Yeah. And, it, and none of these are in America. A couple are in Canada. Let me pass this to Dwayne first. Dwayne? Thank God that there's actually some insane, (laughs) ludicrous ailment, a mental disorder that isn't in America for a change, right? You're wrong. I would think this story came out of fucking Florida. You're wrong. How am I wrong? On March
3: 3rd, 3rd, 2006, I decided I was going to crash head on into a moving car with a combined speed of 50 miles an hour so that I could become disabled and live off the government money train. I did that on purpose, Nick. Didn't you know that?
0: <laughs> well, this isn't why they're doing it, though. And it is interesting. We could get into the whole disabled, disability conversation. We've got only got a few minutes on this topic. Right. But here's what I don't get. You're
3: right, though. To answer your question, you are right. Thank, yeah, I, I would have thought Florida or Ohio or maybe West Virginia. But, yes, yeah, thankfully this is not us. Awesome. No, I was joking about running into a car.
0: He ran me over. Every listener, I Your was run over
3: sitting at the <laughs> I know. I'll send you the letter.
0: <laughs> um, Fern, we talk about transgender issues and how, uh-huh. hey, you know, if, if you have a penis, you're a guy. I don't care what you feel like. You're a guy. Therefore, use the guy room. Even if we have to have our bathrooms have a picture of a penis and a vagina on it to say, look, we're not even doing it by gender. We're just doing it strictly by plumbing. And we accommodate for transgender And if we start accommodating, if this becomes a thing, because nobody would have thought transgender would be where it was at 20 years ago. If we start accommodating for um, trans-able, and we start putting ramps in for people who are completely able to walk and all this stuff, and we start catering to that, why can't I just be trans anything I want? Why can't I be um, trans-spousal and just walk up to somebody and go, I feel like I'm married to you. So, sorry, dude, your woman's coming home with me. I feel like we're married. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm trans- omnipotent. I feel like a god. You must bow to me. Because I feel, you have to treat me with respect. You have to treat me how I feel, and I feel like I'm your god. So I'm trans- omnipotent. How can any logical person – how could this be in a DSM? How can any logical person take this as a legitimate disorder? I mean, just because you're insane doesn't mean that we have to cater to your insanity to conform our reality around how you feel. There's a woman – One of the people in that story was a woman who refuses to walk. Both of her legs are functioning and she sits there in a wheelchair and refuses to walk until she can get her legs removed. Have we gone too far?
4: I mean, I think it just comes down to a physiological issue, not a psychological issue. And I can respect anyone who says they feel differently than the way they physiologically physiologically are. So if you feel like a woman and you want to live your life as a woman, I totally respect that. And you know, that's your life and I'm I'm very much supportive of that. But if physiologically you still have men's plumbing, you know, men's body parts, well, then you should you, you should adhere to that. And the same with the transabled. If you feel like and, and the ghost slim thing was interesting because I had th- I had thought about that, that's something we didn't get a chance to discuss and I'm glad Dee brought that up. You know if you physically feel like you have an appendage that you no longer have, then I can respect somebody who physically feels like they should not have an appendage that they do have, and I can understand uh, that but i don't think I don't, God, think, I don't sure. think that somebody who's able to walk biologically physiologically should be parking in handicapped spaces when my grandmother had to park you know eight spaces down from that. With somebody who was perfectly able, and she had a hard time getting around. She had a hard time walking. She was handicapped physically. And to look at somebody who is in a wheelchair, who's a paraplegic, who would kill for the chance to be able to get up and walk around, just walk to the bathroom, and to say, my life is so tough because I actually have working legs and I need to be in this wheelchair, I think it's extremely insensitive. And now I don't think we should cater to it. I can respect it, but I certainly don't think there should be allowances societally to cater to that until they actually have the surgery done. Now if they if they self-paralyze or they self-amputate or have it surgically done <laughs> but look what and were become talking that about. way then that's that's totally different, I guess.
0: Self-amputation and we're we're actually Holy considering shit. that people should be allowed to do this. Let me let the Wayne in here because here's the question I asked D today. One of the people, they have a list of one wants to be blinded, one wants to be um, you know, a bunch want to be crippled or have limbs removed, but one of them wants to have his penis removed. This is where it gets convoluted. How does having your penis removed make you disabled? Does it, and how is that not being transgender if you feel like you're born with the wrong plumbing? Doesn't that just make you transgender? How are you transabled um, if you want to have your penis removed?
3: I'm sorry, I look at it this way. It you no, no, a, ghost, uh, a ghost limb, limbs things like that. I have a friend who lost a leg in a scooter accident when he was like 16 years old. And he sometimes still, now he's 19, he still feels his legs sometimes. It still hurts. There's still pain there. That's one thing. It was an accident. He lost it. But these people, I don't care what you say, transgender, trans-able, trans-whatever, if they think they're a cat, like the woman I just sent in our little private message box here, these people are insane. I do not care if you think you are a woman, if you think you're a dolphin, You are what you are born to be. There is something wrong with the wiring in your head, and you need psychological help. I am sorry. If you think that you should have your penis cut off because you would be better as a woman, there's something wrong. I knew a transgender. To you, but not to them. Hold on. I knew a transgender who was a very professional photographer when he was a guy. He took pictures of uh, the doors, everybody, up in Chicago. And this is when I lived in Illinois. Went and had his private parts removed, had all, had all the surgery, almost died from infections from how it went wrong. This was back in the 60s or 70s. And this person regretted every day after the infections that they had their privates removed, lost their job because nobody wanted to work with transgender back in the 70s and the 80s, regretted every day, and realized and came out and said, You know what? I was insane. When I wanted to become a woman, it is the biggest, deepest regret of my life. And this person was in such depression for the entire rest of their lives. It was unreal. So there is something wrong with these people that needs to be fixed. The wiring is not right. Fern?
4: I mean, I mean, I would just say that you can make that case for, for anything. I mean, we were talking about tattoos in the chat box before the show, and there's a lot of people out there who would say getting a tattoo is, you know, a desecration of your body. It's a permanent thing. And what's wrong with you that you psychologically want to you know, destroy your body by putting a tattoo on there. Although I don't look at it that way. Now, I don't have any tattoos. I'm considering getting a tattoo. It's something that I was raised, it was not right, you didn't do. They were cool to look at, but you never do to your own body. But, you know, now I'm considering it, and, I, you know, I'm, I'm restructuring my thinking. Man so, you. Someone's body is their own being. You can't tell them what to well, do with their own
3: body. I have a friend who also covers herself with tattoos now, because she she's an admitted cutter, and she said instead of cutting myself, now I'm not saying all people tattoos. I'm not saying this, but there are some who use tattoos as an aversion to cutting themselves, and that's oh. what she did. She says I have tattoos over like now 70 percent of her body, so she doesn't cut herself. But let, let me get to you, Dwayne. Uh, does
4: it change? Does it change your life? If somebody else says, you know what, I feel like a woman, and I've felt like a woman my entire life, and that, I want to dress like a woman, I want to have my penis that, turned into a vagina, and I want to live as a woman, does that hurt you in any way, shape, form? If is
3: saying that I deserve to go into, if that person cuts off their penis because I have the right to use a female bathroom and I have a daughter, and my daughter's in that bathroom, yeah, they're going to lose one of their goddamn penis. if they try to go in that women's bathroom. All my young daughters. I don't agree. That, I
0: don't agree me, with
4: penises in the women's bathroom. That's the one part of the transgender argument, argument that I don't off. agree penis
0: with. it's cut off. Well, that's what a lot no, of No, but you know. commit. Yeah. Let me jump in here, guys, because we've got to get to this Bundy story. If you commit to the point where you actually go have your penis removed, then I'm fine with you officially Trump being a don't, woman. Chromosomes don't lie. Uh, I, I'm fine with you officially being a woman and using a yep. ladies' room. My problem okay. is is this changing of reality. So I'm with you on the trans able thing. I don't think people should be allowed to voluntarily have limbs. Here's I mean, do you have people who say you shouldn't get an abortion? You shouldn't be allowed to do that with your body. How can people say you should be allowed to cut your own arms and legs off? If that's I mean, you have a you're not in your right mind to make a, dis, a decision. If you feel like you have- I should have been born without legs, I don't feel like you had the mental faculty to make that kind of decision, medical decision, for yourself. So they now, don't let you, you kill let yourself if you're suffering from terminal, painful cancer. Good point. But don't let this happen. <laughs> yeah, just keep hacking off limbs until you don't exist anymore. Just be like, dude, I'm exactly. trying to non all. I'm just going to keep cutting things off of me until there's no me anymore. But let me throw this out here. I'll throw it out to Dee first because she hasn't got to talk. And then we've got to hit this Bundy story. Um, Dee, do you think if somebody – Either A feels disabled and they're not, they haven't had the surgery yet, or B to take it to the next level, it's a two tier question. If they go through with the surgery and become disabled, should they be able to collect disability?
2: Oh God. You a really you started with me? Um no oh and God. not really okay here here's my only problem with this if you have and this goes for anything like this it doesn't matter if it's a disability or i don't care what it's for um if you feel like you want to be some way but you're not that's all well and good um sucks to be you whatever i feel like a thin person in a fat person's body but as long as i eat the same way i do guess what it's nobody's problem but my own um As far as disability. You're
0: not asking anybody, you're not asking clothing manufacturers to change a size 10 or whatever you wear down to a size 4, even when it's still a size 10, so you don't feel bad. That's the difference.
2: No, but I am asking manufacturers to make a frickin' bra that fits me because I've always been this size. Regardless of how, I mean, I was 135 pounds and I'm still like, I've always been blessed. Always. Regardless of when I was thin or not. Don't get badgered. I know, right? So it, that, that part, you know, whatever. But I know sounds who else to like it, not blessed, them.
3: Sounds like Nick is what too, D. I'm just saying. Oh, right? I know. Uh, um, as far as receiving
2: disability, um, if you have made a conscious decision to put yourself in a situation that causes you harm or causes you to be unable to work for any reason... I do not believe that the government or anybody else should pay your way. Now, let me explain. If that means that if somebody go decides that they're going to go out on a bender and do so many drugs that they've made themselves catatonic, they should be the ones who should be responsible for that cost, not anybody else. If they choose to do something such as uh, jump off a bridge uh, you know, into the water, and they break both their, you know, they break their spine and they can never walk again, nobody else should be paying for their stupidity. In the same way, if they choose to do something or have something done that renders them unable to care for themselves or pay their own way, it should absolutely be their responsibility because they made a conscious, amen. knowledgeable decision that, regardless amen. of whether it was an that accident or on purpose. That's a
0: surprisingly conservative opinion for someone as liberal as yes. you. So let me ask well, the parameters. Yes, amen,
3: D, a- 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 a-
0: Let's not talk of each other. Let me ask the parameters of this. What about people who don't immediately do themselves harm but somebody who knows I'm eating myself to death but I can't stop or I, I'm addicted to cigarettes And I smoke three packs a day, and now I need to live in an iron lung. Should they get this ability for their four choices? You know, I hate to
2: say it, but, I I mean, if somebody, it it depends. If a doctor walks up to them and says, look, if you don't quit smoking or eating this way right now, we will put you in a program, we will help you, we will do everything that we have to do to help you. But if you don't stop right now, you're done. And they're like, well, I don't care. I'm going to do it food, anyway. Food for, for, for example,
3: food
2: uh, they're still both just as addictive. But nicotine um, is
3: all,
1: uh,
2: No, sugar's addictive. Look it up. Okay. True. So uh, if I agree. say, I, I don't I care, I want my nicotine, I want to smoke, and if it makes it so that I die 10 years earlier, then I'm the one who's fucked by that. I don't expect anybody else to pay for my shit because I knew, flat out knew. Now, food, food is only different in the fact that most people don't know that sugar is poison. Most people don't know it. Um, they don't want to if, know. If somebody flat out tells you, look, you need to stop this right now. This is the turning point. If you stop here, you're going to be okay. But if you keep going, this is what's going to happen, then you have to. You, you've you made so, your choice
3: Consciously But when you have knowing, Something as addictive as heroin Would you say the same thing About a heroin user or I, Don't it Sugar the is the same as Sugar does the so same I'm thing In your brain so as so
2: heroin people does People
3: can't help themselves With sugar and nicotine But you, know? you have with rehab
2: You have choices I know it's freaking hard I am living proof That getting off sugar Is really really Fucking difficult I like food I like sugar I like to cook I cook for a fucking living
0: all right, all right. And it's hard, me, but anyway. Let me jump in here real quick. Dwayne, are you surprised that Dee's taking such a hard line on this that she doesn't want anybody who makes bad choices and ends up having wow. to use disability to have disability? Wow. Wow. And wow. do you agree wow. with I think wow. we could all agree that if you purposely have your legs removed you shouldn't get disability, right, Fern? Right. We all agree on that? Yep. Right. Okay. But, but,
3: but real quick, the military, if you do something stupid to hurt yourself and you can't do your job after they've trained you, you could actually get an Article 15 and fine. Like, say, and even if you go out and get like a super sunburn that requires medical attention because so you, you sunblock and follow the <coughs> procedures that the military puts out using their pool, they can fine you and and reduce your rank or punish you for that. The military actually has punishment. If you do something, to you hurt yourself, even as simple as sunburn, extreme sunburn. Oh,
0: especially if you shoot yourself during wartime, like shoot yourself in the leg. Oh, yeah. yeah. I'm talking that's about just going out just like, if
3: you're, like if you're skiing. Let's say they say, okay, nobody goes skiing because there's an avalanche danger, and you get stuck in an avalanche. You're in deep shit if you break that simple rule or
0: something like that. Yeah.
3: All right. So, so there's, I, there's a simple. difference, though.
0: Okay, last word. You got one minute, Lauren, because I got to move all on. All right, the, point.
4: The, the difference between this and those other things, when you guys are talking about insurance and disability and all that, insurance has safeties. safety safety right. measures. Embedded. So when you apply for your health insurance, they ask, are you a smoker? They get your weight. They get your height. And that's how they determine mm-hmm. your premiums. So that is actually kind of covered in the premiums, anticipating right. that you are going to have health problems, so you pay for that on the front end to get the coverage on the back yes. end. This is very different. This is just like, hey, this is how I feel. Now I'm disabled. Pay for all my doctor bills. And that's a whole, e- a whole different story. But,
0: mm-hmm.
3: Won't Obamacare cover that as a existing condition, though, that, oh, I'm getting my legs cut off next week?
0: No. Well, luckily, we don't have mm-hmm. this problem in America so, yet, so let's move on to Bundy. So everybody's been following what's been going on with Clive and Bundy. Those guys ended up getting arrested, as we all knew they would. They're all regretting it. Clive and Bundy released. They're not Cliven. What's his son's name? Amund. Um, Ammon. Ammon. Amund Ammon. Ammon Bundy said he totally um, regrets what he did. That prison is hard, as if it was going to be easy. Well, a video has recently been released from both perspectives, the aerial view and the inside-the-car view, of the slaying, and I do say slaying, of Lavoy Fenikim. I'm trying to be respectful and know his name. Fenikim. Um, I watched this video disturbing on so many levels. It was definitely a wrongful shooting, and I'm using that term loosely. It was definitely a wrongful shooting on the cops' part. However, for those of you who haven't seen the video... It's twelve minutes long. You pan in to Lavoie driving, saying, "Kill me, shoot me, kill me. I'm going to see the sheriff." He's in the car with three other people. I believe two are children and one's his wife or girlfriend. And, and she's like, "Where are we going?" And he's like, "I'm going to go see the sheriff." Well, how far is that? Fifty miles from now, fifty miles away rather. And um, there and he keeps yelling at the cops, "Shoot me, put a bullet in my head. You're the enemy. I'm going to go see the sheriff." And the thing that struck me about this was the fucking delusion of this guy that he was actually, like, in Red Dawn, and he was in enemy territory, and he was just trying to drive and get to, like, the neutral zone, to a friendly sheriff who won't execute him, which he did kind of get executed anyways. But when you see how delusional these guys are that they're in a war with the government that doesn't exist, like, they feel like they're in an actual war with tanks and mortars and stuff. You realize that this is the delusion, this is the kind of delusion, in my opinion, and we don't have to go down the Trump rabbit hole, that people like Trump create with all their fear and hyperbole. But just bringing it back to Bundy, what struck me besides the slaying itself is how crazy this guy was. Dwayne, did this guy, did the Lavoie, did Lavoie Finicum Fonicum keep begging Finicum. to be, to Finicum, did he keep begging for them to shoot him because he wanted to be a martyr or because they let him out there on that ranch for five, or on on that uh, preserve for five weeks, driving around drunk in park vehicles and taking down cameras and acting like jackasses with impunity? Did he just I not think, think they would both. shoot, or did he want to die?
3: I, I think it's both. I think...
0: How Ruby could it be Ridge both? And Either and wanted Waco, to die well, or not.
3: Well, Ruby Ridge and Waco, and a lot of these freedom groups and militia groups, that still rings a bell to them. Like when Randy Weaver's wife and child were shot, um, for no reason whatsoever, unarmed, standing in a doorway, uh, th- that rings true. And I think he was kind of tempting them saying, Hey, shoot me, shoot me. You know, but he wanted to, if if they did, he thought he might've went down as a martyr and just proved more how, how the, the government has jackbooted thugs, like was the big term in the nineties. Um, so part of it, I think, was him was just bravado trying to say, hey, shoot me. If you do, there's going to be a bigger uprising. And part of him I think, he was truly afraid. I mean, I truly felt that because of the Ruby Ridge in Waco, that he was afraid they were going to shoot him. And that's why he wanted to go to the sheriff where he felt safe because he had met with the sheriff before without getting in trouble or being shot at. And I think both of that was a play. He's like, if you shoot me, I'll be a martyr and we'll have a bigger group of supporters. If you let me go, I can go talk to the sheriff where I feel safe. So it's, I don't know what was going through the man's mind, but either way, that FBI agent should be on trial right now. He should have been on trial already for shooting this man the way he did it, shooting at a vehicle to try to avoid the roadblock or hitting anybody because one agent ran right out in front of the truck in the six-foot snowbank trying to get hurt, and you're getting a probable cause to shoot him. They, well, truly that's a bit of a stretch
0: anybody. I mean, you don't know what was in that FBI agent's mind But Fern, let me bring this to you If you are fleeing At the time of a felony And I believe this varies state to state And I haven't researched what Oregon Or if this was even in Oregon Maybe they were in another state at this point um, You are allowed to commission You know, you are allowed to shoot in commission of a crime if, if the suspect is fleeing What was your takeaway from this video? But it is disturbing, right?
4: Oh, yeah, it was really disturbing. And I think he created a tense situation when he drove away to begin with. But, you know, the more I think about this, because we talked about this the other day, and I had another thought that occurred to me. And I think because of the FBI's handling of this whole situation as a whole over the four or five weeks or however long it progressed, I think in his mind, because they really hadn't done much before, that he didn't think that they would open fire. You know, because they have, they were kind of lackadaisical about how they handled the situation. They kind of just let him come and go as they pleased and just let him hang out. And they really didn't attempt to do much. So I think when he said, hey, I'm going to see the sheriff, that he thought leaving that they wouldn't do anything because throughout this whole thing they hadn't. So it escalated the stress level when he left, and it, it put a lot of It put everybody in a very tense situation, and when he finally did stop and come out, I think it was just, you know, that one guy who shot him was on his side, even though he opened up his jacket to show he was unarmed. When he went to turn, that one officer didn't know if he was turning armed or not, and he had a hair trigger, and he was absolutely in the wrong to shoot him. But I think it was the escalation of the situation. I don't think this guy ever thought that they would open fire because of how they handled it all along.
0: So did they 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 handle it wrong? Well, let me get in here, Dwayne. Did, did the FBI originally handle it wrong by being so lackadaisical, or is it, as we said before, this was really the only way they, they had to give these guys enough rope to hang themselves, otherwise public opinion would turn on them?
4: I think they handled it right in the fact that trying to let them kind of burn themselves out, but I think they handled it wrong by letting them come and go off the compound as they pleased. I think by, kind, by not invading the place, that that was the right thing to do, but I think as people left that building to go into town to get snacks, supplies, spend their money on beer, whatever, they should have been arresting them at that point and not allowing them to return. So I think they saw that there were no consequences. They could come and go as they pleased, and nothing was happening. So in this guy's mind, I'm going to see the sheriff. This is what I'm going to do, and you're not going to stop me because you haven't stopped us yet, and that turned very ugly, very bad, very quickly.
0: All right, so there's a pattern
4: of behavior all along.:
0: Okay, so not to make a broad generalization, but let me kind of throw this out here and see what you guys think. I feel like a lot of people who are very far right I'm talking about the Tea Party crowd, is very behind the Bundys. They're like, "Hey, militias, take down the government. government's bad." but at the same time, they're like, respect the authority of the cops." So when a Tea Party guy says this, a guy who's been pro-militia the whole time, but is also very loyal to the idea of local police, how do they reconcile this? Do they say a cop actually did something wrong for the first time in the history of policing? Or do they say, you know, this guy was – this Bundy guy kind of had it coming. He was off the rails, and this was just one crazy person out of the whole militia movement. How do you think these guys um, balance this out in their head, Dwayne?
3: Well, most of the militia guys, what they believe in is the ultimate law enforcement of the land is the sheriff, which basically how it is written is the sheriff has jurisdiction over his county. The county sheriff is the top jurisdiction. So how it's supposed to work, even if the feds send in the FBI to say our county here, our sheriff is supposed to be the top law enforcement officer in, and be in charge. Like you see the movies, the feds come in and say, "This is now in our jurisdiction." That's a bunch of bullshit. How most states and county and whatever are set up, the sheriff is the top law officer of the land, and that's how I believe it is in Oregon. That's how it is here in Missouri. So militia guys usually look at if it's a federal agent, if it's a state trooper, they look at them as the bad guy, and they look at the sheriff and his deputies as the good guy. Even if those sheriffs and deputies are liberal and anti-gun or anti-militia, they still respect the sheriff as the top law officer of the land because that's the way most states in their constitutions are written. The sheriff is to be the top law officer in any situation. So like if EPA, DEA comes into a county, the sheriff is supposed to be in charge of all DEAs, not the head DEA guy himself. So that's that's how they look, that's how most militia members look at it. They think like the FBI and all those are just bogus, um, made-up entities that the federal government has no authority to do under the Constitution.
0: Oh, huh, that's interesting. All right. So what do we gather from this, Dwayne? I mean, obviously you think that this was a wrongful shooting or a, a yes. straight-up slaying. How much is yes. this did the Bundy create themselves, though? With all, I mean, how how far do you think they were going to be able to push the federal government before the federal government pushed back? Remember, this is also going back two years with the well, Clive and Bundy standoff and having right. guns pointed at their head from elevated points. I mean, how much do you think they were going to push?
3: Well, first I want to say I do I do I do change my opinion. Originally, I thought he was reaching for a gun when I watched the the full video at first provided by the FBI when he, when he was actually reaching for his side before a gunshot wound. So I do change my opinion on that. I think the government overreacted. They had, no matter what these guys did, they did nothing violent. And in most states, you could only shoot a fleeing felon if they if they have done a violent act, if they had done an armed robbery, if they had just raped somebody, beat somebody and mugged them, a, anything that would be a violent felony. To shoot this man who came out obviously with his hands up, and just for, even if the truck wasn't stolen, if that was your own truck, and just for running a roadblock, a lot of states now have called back and said, hey, look, we're not going to risk lawsuits of you hitting innocent people or, or ruining police cars, chasing somebody just for running a roadblock or for speeding or for a DUI checkpoint. A lot of states have said, hey, we're going to cut back on these high-speed chases and all this bullshit or killing people for it." So because of the lawsuits. So I think... These guys pushed the government, but not enough to, to, to allow him to be killed. No way. And it's just absolutely disgusting how they opened fire on that vehicle with four people in that vehicle who you can mm-hmm. see from the cell phone video had no weapons whatsoever. And like Fern said, by them allowing them to come and go freely back and forth for, over, for a month, and then all of a sudden now we're going to be tough daddy. If you let a dog. Jump, hump your leg every day and you don't stop it. And then finally, after the thousandth time, you punch the dog in the nose for humping your leg. The dog didn't learn anything. And it's the same thing. They let these guys hump the FBI's leg by going in and out for a month and then just said, oh, now all of a sudden you're a bad dog. Boom, we're
0: going to shoot. But so, they kind of yeah, had to proceed that way, right? Because if they went in guns blazing, you know, even on day seven or eight, this would have been painted, I mean, those guys would have been painted as heroes. And now they're a laughing They could have they could have done a siege warfare
3: like they've done back in the Middle Ages. They could have just surrounded the entire compound. And within a, within 30 days, they would have been starved and dehydrated out of that
0: come out. They wouldn't have had food or water. These guys well, That's not what be I said from day one. And you gave me shit right. about it. I said, build a wall around the place and let them have their own little country. What I'm
3: much- saying about building a wall. But I mean, you don't have to build a wall. Just Just put agents on every access point. Don't let them get any mail because people were able to send them dildos, for God's sake. Don't let them get any mail. And after they're going to come out. Obviously, Finnegan wasn't coming armed when he was driving to see the sheriff with the four people, three people in the car. So we know now that they weren't going to shoot people, you know, shoot the agents. They were just putting up a stand. So like you said, all they had to do was just block off the entrance. Don't let me get any food. Don't let me get any water. And that would have been it. They could only drink boiled
0: snow for so long before they give up. Okay, Fern, do you want to have the final word on this?
4: I just think it was a cascade of errors on on both parts. I mean, there's just so much that went wrong with just this one particular situation. Not, I mean, we can't, let's just cancel out the whole month and, and the pattern of behavior that led to this. I mean, a guy was going to see the sheriff. He was going to turn himself in. He should have just turned himself in. He drove away. It heightened the situation. It tensed the situation. I, and it it turned into a bloodbath and it turned into a hail of bullets for those people in that truck i mean that that really is so disturbing how they just continued to pellet that truck and pellet it and pellet it and pellet it and, pellet it and not say come out hands up nothing i mean they were they're like does anybody have a white bra can we just wave a white flag we don't want to die so it's just a cascade of errors and it, it resulted it, in someone's death, and it didn't have to. And it, it also just, resulted it's very in somebody sad. else
3: getting shot. It also resulted in somebody else in that vehicle getting shot, not killed, but shot also. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I didn't know that. So Yeah, when the this, guy got does, wounded.
0: Does this change public opinion? Let me ask this last question, and then we've got to move on. I think Corey's having issues um, Skyping into our studio because he's Skyping in from Italy. But I've got to move on. But let me ask this last question. Does this, if this gets out... You know mainstream, because it's just being passed around Facebook isn't going to have a lot of will but it won't. This, okay, but if enough people see this, does this start to change their opinions of the Bundys, or are they still a national joke at this point, no matter what what comes out what new evidence comes out Dwayne? from from what i'm
3: see from what I'm seeing on all of the posts after I posted it and shared it, a lot of people have changed their position in saying it's a murder it, it, the, but the Bundys are right and they know whose side they're on now. They actually they have done like me. They changed their position. Because at first I thought they were a big joke and they had, you know, they were stupid, this and that, blah, blah. He got what he deserved. Well, they, they still are. Well, it was
0: delusional.
3: Right, but still, I mean, but now I think a lot of people have changed to see how, how evil government is, how truly evil and deceitful, and how they use trickery. Oh, let us come and go, let us come and go. Now we're going to shoot you. I, I think a lot of people are seeing that now. you're in trouble,
0: don't call the cops. Rely on yourself. All right, Fern, um, are you in the same frame of mind as Dwayne, that this is going to change people's opinions about how they perceive the Bundys now?
4: No. Absolutely not. I mean, was it a wrongful death? Absolutely. I can concede that. But, you know, the events leading up to it are still the same. So, in my opinion, they're still... They were unwanted to begin with, and they pushed their way in there, and they did something exceptionally (sighs) dumb (laughs) without support. And I don't, I don't view them as heroes at all. I still think a chain of
0: idiotic actions, right? Not just one stupid thing, but a whole chain of idiotic, idiotic maneuvers, right?
4: Yeah, and, and and is this a horrible death? And and is this a slaying? Absolutely, I I can can see that, and it's terrible. I mean, some family is without their father, their brother, their nephew, their uncle, you know, and that's a horrible thing. And it didn't have to happen, but that doesn't change what happened up to that point. It was still ridiculous.
0: End of the day, Dwayne. I'm sorry, this will be the last question. End of the day, did these did these FBI agents? Are there any consequences, or does everybody forget about this tomorrow when a Kim Kardashian tweets another naked picture of herself?
3: The, the worst case scenario that I can see is the agent who did this may get reassigned, or he may quietly have to resign. That, that's all that's going to happen in this because these people were not these people were not sympathetic. The Waco people were, even though the, the leader was insane. The, the women and children being burned when the FBI went in with the tank and fired the tear gas up and all that stuff, they were sympathetic. Ruby Ridge, a young child, and an innocent wife got shot. People were sympathetic. This guy with his crazy videos and stuff, that's tearing stuff out. People are not sympathetic, even though they should be, because like Perth said, father, brother, grandfather. He, you know, they should be, you know. The, nothing's going to happen as the FBI agent. There's not going to be a public outcry, even though there should be.
0: All right, fair enough. Um, let's move on to our topic of the day. I don't know if Corey's going to be, getting, be able to get in here. Dee, what's going on with Corey? Is he going to be able to get in uh, here? Your guess is good as mine. I have no idea. No. Okay. No,
2: we can't. Nope. Because they're asking if we can type him, which we can't.
0: So, no. Nope. All right. I'm, okay, I apologize to the listeners in who tuned in specifically to listen to Corey. You can go back and hear our conversation on musical osmosis. But I think we're having we- issues because of the um, because they are in Italy, and they're trying to Skype in, and apparently they're having trouble getting into our wonderful studio here.
3: FBI's blocking us. Go yeah,
0: blocking Corey. All right, um, I didn't do a rant this week because I was so... Frustrated Last night, I actually was supposed to write an article. I wrote them and said I couldn't do it. Um, There was just too much going on here, too much family stuff and too much going on in my head. I couldn't write a rant. I want to jump right into this conversation, though. Um, I sent you guys something. It's a survey. They survey people all over the world. And they asked, who's the greatest threat to world peace? Who is the greatest threat to the world? And can anybody take a guess? who the whole world sees as the greatest threat?
3: Oh, 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 Mr. Carter,
0: Mr. (laughs) Carter. Oh, 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 Mr. Carter, Mr. (laughs) Carter. Jimmy Carter. Jimmy Carter. Mr. Carter. Yeah, go ahead, Dwayne.
3: I would have to say that would be the United States of America.
0: Oh, you hate America. Dwayne, how can you say such unpatriotic things? Yeah,
3: I um, I love my country. I hate my government. Let's just put that one.
0: Well, the USA was seen by 24% of the world, which actually seems a little bit low when you look at this map, but most of Africa, I guess, didn't even chime in. So this this survey is a little skewed to start with because Africa, well, they probably didn't answer anybody because they didn't want to get shot. But um, 24% of the world see us as the greatest threat, second by Pakistan, which was 8%. Now, of course, the US. The U.S. and Canada, I bet we can all guess who the U.S. and Canada see as the number one threat. Iran. Iran. You nailed it. Yeah. (laughs) I just guessed. (laughs) I really wanted to get Corey in here because he is very political, and his band does touch on... You know, if you listen to the song we started the show with, that song was written 20 years ago. And if you listen to the lyrics, a lot of that stuff is still right on point. But anyways... What is it about America? Let me throw this out the fern first. We'll start soft. What is it about America where people see us as the greatest threat to global peace?
4: Um, you know, I and this is purely speculation, just based on how I feel. But you know, I think that the rest of the country sees, you know, things that we do like not letting in refugees and screaming about immigration and, you know, our instant gratification mentality of I want what I want and I want it now and screw everybody else and if I don't get what I want, I'll just take what I want. And I'm not saying that every American is that way, but I think the perception is that and they see us as very selfish and self-centered. So if you're not giving to other people and you're more self-serving, then of course you're a threat to peace. You know, that and you know we tend to go places that we just don't belong. We tend to be the policemen of the world and you know there's a lot of places we are that we just shouldn't be and we and we need to we need to pull out or or for or or be part of a a better coalition to work with these countries to help Abate what's going on, and I think that's probably, at least from my perception, what people see globally on the outside.
0: Well, not also that the just put on here, we give more than all countries combined, but also we take more than all countries combined militarily. Our military True. is bigger True. than the next ten countries put together, and and that's True. that's that's fearful, um, you know, very scary to people, right? Uh, well,
3: yeah, absolutely. I mean. We always talk about China, they're a threat, China, they're a threat, China, they're a threat, you know. And you know what, they have yet to invade a single country since since they become communistic. They have not, I mean, yeah, they argue about Taiwan and whatever, but they still haven't done anything of violence toward Taiwan. Look at us, though, you know, wonder what Pakistan... It, it, it hates us the most. We, They've done, I mean, granted, yeah, they're supposedly the birthplace of the terrorists and all that stuff, and that's where Osama bin Laden was hiding, but okay, we got bin Laden. Why are we still using drone strikes and bombing the shit out of Pakistan? They're, they do nothing. They've done nothing in the past 15 years. I, I don't get it. I, I don't get why we do this. We are not the world police. We are not Team America. We are not, you know, I love the scene in Team America where they go in to save France from the one terrorist and they blow the whole fucking country up and the Eiffel Tower comes crashing down, the strong D state comes crashing down, but we won, we're America, Ooh, we saved you. I mean bullshit.
0: Um, Fern, do you think that America is in severe decline? There's been there's there's kind of this push and pull in the Republican Party right now. Where John Kasich just came out today and was like, "That he sounds like someone's old grandfather. That's bull hockey. America is great. It's always been great. We're doing just fine. We have challenges like we've always had challenges, but we're doing just fine. To Trump's rhetoric of America is a cesspool. Um, we're on our way out. If we get Hillary in office, you might as well take your kids and drown them in a fucking bathtub because that's the <laughs> end of America. Sharia law, anarchy, communism, atheism, any other ism that scares people at night, all of that comes to fruition if Donald Trump doesn't save us from the global boogeyman of anybody that's not white, Christian, conservative, or whatever is in his fucked up head. Uh, do we Are we in a decline, a severe decline? And do most people... Realize this reality of what's going on.
4: Oh, I think we're in a decline, definitely. But I think we're in a decline because people are fearful. You know, people fear what they don't understand or what they don't know. And I I get, you know, the Paris bombing, and I get 9-11, and I get being very fearful of the extremists out there. But what you don't get to do is take every single person of Islam faith and lump them into a terrorist box. Just like you don't get to take every single Christian and lump them into an abortion clinic bombing box. You don't get to do that. That's not right. And people are so scared now that they want to hide in a corner in their house with their gun because they're scared somebody might come in and slit their throat in the middle of the night. And and that's the decline, the fear The fear-mongering that Trump's putting out there. You know, other countries are scared of us, too. Think about those Middle East countries who watched us go over there and bomb and kill their children, their cousins, their uncles, their nieces, their nephews. They're scared of us, too. But every single American doesn't want that, and not every single American is dropping those bombs. So why should we be lumped into that box? You have to have a little empathy for other people. And this country is declining because nobody can step outside of their own shoes and their own fear long enough to look at somebody else and see what it might be. Must be like in their shoes not everybody's a terrorist it's, it's and just i not- agree
0: with that and the thing is is we let our fear take us down some dark corridors of you know the kind of the back alleys of of america's lowest common denominator when trump has a rally and even the police said and i know Dwayne's going to differ with this hey you could still do the rally in chicago we're fine and he cancels it and then people say well they took trump's freedom of speech if you protest and you change the actions of the other person on the other side, you have now committed an act of oppression to, on that person, then then they say, okay, well, we, I guess we just can't do protesting anymore because if you protest, there's always – we had this talk today. I had this talk with Kenny today, I, and I said, can you protest without there being any chance that you're going to affect the other side? That the other side, no matter how peaceful, uh, you know, 200 guys standing in a quartered-off place – Inside ropes, protesting. Can you guarantee that the other side will not say, hey, violence might break out or I don't like this, I don't like people out here saying that I'm stinky or whatever, I'm going to cancel this? And he said, no, of course not. I said, okay, well then what's the alternative? Stop the First Amendment? Stop the freedom of assembly? Like what is the alternative if it's not – You know, sometimes this right's going to bleed into this right or this right's going to bleed into this right. Dwayne, I'll throw it to you first. If you cannot guarantee any protest, and you can't guarantee this, will not lead to somebody canceling their event or saying, you know, I don't feel comfortable anymore because there's protesters outside. No matter how orderly, no matter how legally done, then what is the alternative to that? Well, see, here's my problem.
3: The way the protests are being handled and done, if you look at overpasses for America, they take their protest, they stand off the berm of the road on an overpass, not blocking traffic, not affecting my daily routine or anybody else's daily routine, hanging their signs so the traffic underneath can read and see their signs. That, to me, is a peaceful protest. Somebody goes into a town in the courthouse square, standing on the grass or in the public areas or whatever, not blocking sidewalks, not blocking people, going to and from the courthouse to get their their tax papers or having to go to court, not blocking that person's daily routine. That is a peaceful, legal protest. When you start shutting down streets and blocking traffic, blocking me from walking to a courthouse or to a rally or to a whatever it may be, and you start infringing upon my right of freedom of
0: travel, then there that to me becomes an illegal well, that's not the that's question just, you know, I asked. I asked the question, if you can't guarantee well, even a peaceful legal protest won't make the other well, side shut down, then what's the alternative?
3: Well, well, what I'm trying to get at here is
0: the, this was, the problem
3: is people lose the idea of what a peaceful protest is. They now think that a peaceful protest is we're going to shut down a city. We're going to shut down all traffic. That's not a peaceful protest. So it's almost impossible at this point now to say, okay, if these 100 people started out standing off the side of the road protesting on public property, not blocking residents, how can we not guarantee that it's not going to be 10,000 in an hour, you know, punching cars, threatening people, trying to walk into the building or whatever? That is the problem. People have gone from what a peaceful protest is supposed to be to this all-out It's an excuse for violence. So there's no way to guarantee that it's not going to turn into something, a violent mob. And that's the problem.
0: Okay, so do we stop doing protests then? Because there's no way to ever guarantee that the other side won't change their behavior based on...
3: Absolutely not. But as soon as the protesters change their behavior and start infringing upon the general public's rights, my rights, the speaker's rights, your rights and stops you from going to the rally by blocking your way or threatening you with physical violence, then they should come in. But that and wasn't the people. case.
0: There was, no, there was no rioting or violence or anything until Trump called the event off. An event they were still practical. blocking
3: traffic and blocking people from attending the rally. Mm-hmm. They were blocking them physically, standing in their way, posturing. To me, if somebody stands in your, in your physical way, if you're trying to enter a building, standing in your way with their arms locked, chest, out, you know, saying you're not getting the fuck past me, that to me is kind of a, a a threat. If you're posturing like that and you're blocking another citizen from attending something, that's coercion. I mean, I, I think that's a you know, black cancer or a white supremacist standing outside of, of a polling booth with a nightclub or a billy club stand, seeing who's going in to vote. It's the same thing in my mind. If you're blocking somebody from attending a political rally than for but nobody was
0: physically blocking them. People have to walk yes, into the were. building. They don't drive into the building.
3: But they weren't letting them drive to the to the area. How do you know walking, that? I just, asked you to send me that footage. You never did. They were. Well, I sent you the one picture of them blocking. And that was prior. They were blocking people from entering. I mean, and that's what they were doing. they were blocking people from entering. They weren't letting them get into the. Rallies. I think
0: we are all too willing to give up our rights <sighs> so quickly. We don't need unions. We don't need collective bargaining. Um, You know, people should just take what they get. We don't need protesting. We don't need freedom of speech. You get on Facebook. I'm not saying you. I'm saying a grand consensus in this country. You put something on Facebook people don't like, and they immediately want to shame you, attack you, shut you down. I have people who inbox me and go, hey, I want to talk about what you just posted. And I say, well, and these are people who agree with me, right? I'll say, why don't you just it on the comment thread? Well, I don't want someone at my work to start trouble with me and I get fired. Or I don't want to get punched in the face when I go to Walmart with my family. Or I don't want to stop getting invited to Thanksgiving dinner at my uncle's house because they saw my my opinion. We're doing this to ourselves. And guess what? Guess what? If we go down this road with Trump and if we keep pushing hate and pandering fear, all the guns in the fucking world is not going to be able to save us from ourselves. Anyways, good news. Corey is on the line. He has worked with us diligently to get in here from Hello. Italy. Corey, what's up? Hey. How are you? Good, man. I want, want to thank you so much for working with oh, us and getting in sorry. here. I'll...
1: Sorry for the confusion, but I just would like to say I would really hope I didn't have to go to my uncle's Thanksgiving dinner because that would be awesome. Right. I
0: bet those invites stopped coming I a long time ago, right, Corey?
1: <laughs> yeah. It's uh,
0: right
1: Yeah, I mean, it's been going on for longer than I've been writing about I mean, if you look at the uh, 68 protests in Chicago, I mean, this they've got, you know, they've got drugs that start the violence, and then there's nothing you can do but react to it. And, uh, I mean, unless you're like Zen, like Gandhi or something, and you can just sit there and get your head bashed in. You know, you know. I don't know. What are you going to do? I mean, if somebody's starting to hit you, it's kind of tough not to hit them back.
0: And that's a great point. And, you know, I'm glad you called in today because as somebody who lives in Italy now who could see America from outside of a fishbowl, when people see this rise of Trump, when people see how people are rallying behind them, what does the rest of the world think of us right now? What kind of feedback are you getting in Italy when you guys are sitting around drinking beers talking about this shit? Well...
1: Italy's so fucked up, man. It's like they're so pissed off at their politicians that it's it's hard to keep up with America. I mean, the stuff that's going on, uh, you know, in Southern Europe is pretty amazing. Um, the control of the Bundesbank and over the economies here, and the draconian sort of, uh, you know, payback. The, the, of the debt has really left a lot of people with <laughs> like a lot of, really in trouble. So their their main concern is their own ass right now. So right the, the best the, the thing that, that people talk about though is they they think Trump is a frightening guy. They they look at him as a very frightening guy, and uh, the the problem with him is it might be that he does feel so independent that uh, if he did decide to, to to lose it, you know, but we've had guys like that before. I mean, who's worse, him or Reagan, to be quite honest? You know, think about it.
0: Well, I Reagan don't know. I think ass. he's a lot scarier than Reagan. At least Reagan had this fierce patriotism that wasn't going to allow him get to get too fascist because he was clashing with communism, and he had to at least keep up appearances, right?
1: Well, yeah, but I, but don't you think Trump does, too, in a way? It's like he's got, you know, he's the mogul. He's, you know, Reagan was the actor. Now, now it's the mogul, and he's going to come in and save the day with his big millionaire millionaire friends at Wall Street who saved the day five or seven years ago, and he just took all the money for themselves.
5: <laughs>
1: um, but, uh, you know is he really going to run it or not? Or is somebody going to be the guy that's running the same guy that ran the last guy? You know, is it the same group of corporate lawyers, attorneys, and, um, you know, investment banker, you know, guys that really run the show, no matter who gets in. And it's like, you know, you, you just show up at like, you know, parades and like, throw the ball out in April to, you know, the Yankees, or whatever, you you know, you just like a you know, an ornament that they put up and there. Listen, we'll let you run some of your agenda. Some of your agenda can get through, but if you want anything cool, like if you want to come meet the aliens, you can kiss our ass. You're not doing that. <laughs> it's like, that's our trip, you know. You're not going to really control the economy or anything else. So I'm just wondering if it, if it really matters who gets it, to
0: be classic. Well, let me ask you this, and then i got to pass it around to the rest of the panel, because you're talking about the chaos yeah. in Europe, and you're talking about the special interests there. Is America yeah. pretty much falling in line with the corruption of the rest of the world, or do we have our own kind of special sickness over here?
1: <laughs> well, yeah, you, it, it, it's, um, it's called Nazism. <laughs> uh, I'm afraid that... You know, America's been infiltrated pretty heavily. Uh, but fortunately, there are people like us that are not really pro-fascists and uh, fight up against it, a lot of us. And uh, some of us do it from the background. Some of us do it on the, uh, on the Occupy Movement or whatever. Um, but, yeah, there there is a totally infiltrated... You know, a group of people that are running America right now,
0: for sure, without question. Yeah, it's hard to argue with that. Let me pass this over to our lovely co-host, Fern. Fern, what do you think of – it? now, I know you and Dwayne and me have been mixing this up about this Trump thing. And when you look at people who are so willing to give away their rights all under the cloak of – well, you know, Trump can get on a mic, and he could say, fuck these people, and he could say, I want to punch people in the face, and I'm going to pay the legal fees of someone who jumps out of the audience and hits a protester. But then he says, everybody must act proper and orderly outside, or I'll have to call this off. And then you took my freedom of speech. Wow, wow, wow. People get behind him and go, yeah, maybe we shouldn't have protests anymore because, you know, Trump is – poor Trump. And does anybody have more freedom of speech than Trump? This is crazy, right, hold on, hold on, Fern?
3: Hold on, hold on, hold on, you, hold on. You started that with lovely Fern. Shouldn't it be lovely Dwayne? I mean, I thought you were talking to me. As soon as you said lovely, I thought he took, put the mic over to me. Now,
0: you're you're so pretty the badger. Dwayne. Yeah, you're so pretty badger. Yeah, this <laughs> is pretty badger. Anyways, Fern, is this not crazy how it's been skewed to poor Trump, poor billionaire with all the power, all the media? He could run his own station, Donald Trump Talks Shit, 24 hours a day, yet we're ready to die on the hill of protecting his freedom of speech over our own freedom to protest. How did this get so fucked up?
4: Uh, I mean, he's the last one to talk about freedom of speech. I mean, the only reason he hasn't spent as much money as he he should have at this point is because the media has been giving it all to him for free, first of all. And to say that protesters are taking away his platform he has his platform they have their platform now even if you're threatening violence that's a whole different story you know like cory said if somebody starts throwing punches i mean you're going to throw punches back i mean i would you would most of us would and that's totally understandable but people who are standing outside did not take away his freedom of speech. He had his platform. He chose not to exercise it. The ignorance equation. We have our platform. We choose to exercise it or not exercise it. This is, this is absolutely ridiculous that he thinks that he can just slam and berate any single person that looks at him sideways, get a bunch of people holding signs, scare him bad enough that he can't make a speech. It's ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. What is he going to do when he gets on the debate stage?
0: Sure, that's a good question. The way, and I know you want to counter this. Please try to keep it short.
3: I'll make it real quick. Um, <laughs> um, again, back to by taking away the freedom of speech. When you block people from coming to hear him speak,
0: that is taking. So they had away to go right. home. Like, Is that your position? That they would be to, like we can't go here. We have to go home now. They stopped well, us. Well, what are they going to do? Are they going to Punch and force their way
3: through the crowds that are blocking you think them.
0: They one person go home. But if, or, or,
3: okay, if I'm trying to go to a Trump rally and I see thousands of people blocking first the streets on one side or the parking lots or the entrance, or, or am I supposed to jump in my car and attack these people and ram my car through them to get through? Then I would be they're considered like they, a they, Trump Nazi. People it's get funny though, They weren't letting them get through. If you look at all the pictures from that. You tell me how anybody can get Those through. pictures
0: are not time stamped. Those could have happened after he announced the rally was off and things went to shit. But I do want pictures. to say
3: one thing about what Corey brought up about the Nazis infiltrating us. If you look up Project Paperclip after World War II, we brought tons of Nazis over here, and most of them were scientists, and they are the ones who created NASA and now all our weapons that we use to bomb and attack other countries. It's funny that they yeah, are yeah, being yeah. infiltrated. Listen, don't forget
1: the security apparatus that they brought in as well. It wasn't just scientists. That was just the tip of the iceberg, the real guys. Yeah. People that ended up, you know, NSA, CIA, FBI, and so on. So, counterintelligence. Sorry Sorry. to interrupt.
0: No, no, you're not interrupting. In fact, Corey, I want to ask you this. You know, I posted something about this the other day. If there was, as, in this country, I don't know how Italy works, but in this country, if there was as much violence at a fucking Warrior Soul concert as there is at a Trump rally, uh, you know, Christian <laughs> conservative America would be screaming to shut it down. How could a Warrior Soul allow this kind of violence? Yet here we are. Okay. We're propping this guy up and saying, poor Trump, right? This is insane. Well, the, the thing is,
1: they, they need an excuse to start another false free protest zone about, you know, eighteen miles out of the city. Like, yeah, you're allowed to have free speech. Eighteen miles away from where the speech is being made. You know what I mean? Yeah, and like Bush. Used this, to. Is, this is the beginning of their excuse because um, you know, people are getting more and more pissed off about what's going on. And it's reaching a boiling point. By the time the summer gets here, and if it's as hot as it looks like it's gonna be it's going to be pretty serious, and they're going to have to have an excuse to keep, you know, they don't want to get Donald's, you know, wig dirty. Uh, you know, that would upset everybody that loves him. And, uh, you know, him and his Nazi hordes would be upset if somebody criticized what they were doing.
0: Well, and we started the show with Fourth Reich, and when you, I was saying this before you called in, uh-huh. when you listened to the lyrics, those lyrics are yeah. so prophetic Because it's stuff that's going on today in this country. When you're singing that stuff back then, and people are kind of starry-eyed patriots in this country, and then you sing it today whenever you come over here and play, is the tone different? Are people like, oh, yeah, Corey's nailed it now, as opposed to back in the 80s and 90s?
1: Well, when they're not beating each other up because the Trump people are trying to get into the show. Um, The... uh, the, the song was written about six years ago, so it's it, it was relevant then. It's relevant now. It was it was driven from um, the anti anti George Bush rallies, and that's that's where that started. And uh, and the book that was written by Jim Mars called uh, The Rise of the Fourth Right.
0: Right on. Okay, um, let's do this. Dee, you've got some numbers for us. How has America fallen on the world stage as far as education quality of life? Kind of kick some numbers to us because we can't scream anymore, you know, with our little American flags and our apple pies, we're number one, right? We've fallen across about, the board. How about our phone number, two D? Oh, and our phone number. Yes,
3: two, of course. If
2: anyone would like to call in and discuss with us, our number here is 646-478-3554. And if it takes me just a minute to answer, then I may be talking or answering the call. Um, so yeah, our, we suck. <laughs> no,
1: um, maybe, in the end, maybe, maybe, maybe the world shouting that new protester, that new anthem. You, you're a number two. You're a number two.
2: Right. <laughs> I don't know. It, it depends on what it is because there's a lot of things where we're not even number 10. Like, um, we're fourteen <laughs> in education right now um, in uh it says we have a cognitive skills and education attainment score of 0.39 which is um which, you know means whatever but uh basically that means we're 14th out of 40 countries ranked in the category so out of countries that are similar to us we're 14th uh right, for education right world
0: country this is no, these are peer countries globalized. um yep. right,
2: country. right, and uh, most of these start out with peer countries like Great Britain and uh Germany and Switzerland and uh Japan and China and you know smart countries, um you know our level at least um and even though our average lifespan is seventy eight plus um, that still puts us at only 43rd out of 224 of the, the bigger countries. Yeah. Um, and uh, as far as what we earn, um, which, of course, you know, money's not everything, but it does contribute quite a bit to our satisfaction and quality of life. Um, we are under Slovenia, Chile, Italy, the U.K., and then there's us. Um, so, we're, we're not that's doing that as far as it goes. Yeah. Um,
3: yeah we are number kinda, one
0: in incarceration. We are number one we in incarceration rates. And first of all, don't forget, nobody warmongers like America. That's true. Right. Um, <laughs> it's
2: sounding more, more, like, more and more like
1: more more like the Reich in, in uh, 32, 33, and
2: 34, doesn't it? I mean...
0: Yeah. And it definitely sounds like it's set in the stage. Do you have any other numbers for us d before we pass this around
2: oh yeah absolutely- i mean I, there's there's tons and tons of numbers, but basically um when you and even when you break it down into um you know our our upward mobility and being social leaders and you know social progress and things like that, we're still like 16th. Um, Japan's ahead of us, Britain's ahead of us, Germany's ahead of us, Switzerland, Iceland, New Zealand, um, Mo- even Canada. Just about everybody in Europe and Canada beats us, like for everything,
0: um, especially well, like, the this... quality of life and you know everything else. Go ahead. Let me pass this to Corey yeah, because but... I've got a chart up here of America's global image. And actually Italy – we have an 83 favorability rating in Italy, right behind the Philippines. That's like the number two country that's down with us. Is that surprising to you?
1: No, not at all. I mean, you know, they, they love Americans, but it's they, it's they just don't like the government. That's all. They, they can see the difference, you know. But, you know, you, you must admit America is number one in on obesity, which is pretty
0: cool. <laughs> yeah, it's not cool for us. Fern, you actually have numbers yeah. on that, right? Yeah, yeah. On, yeah,
1: the, uh, the, uh,
0: the on obesity.
4: Medication.
0: Yeah, where are we on obesity? Cuz then you send out, you send us out some numbers on that too, right?
4: Yeah, actually, I I I was pulling numbers. It was hard to find, you know, more more uh, recent numbers, but I did find um an article on the 15 fattest countries of 2015. And surprisingly, I thought we were going to be in the top, you know, one or two, but we aren't. We're actually number 11. Um, Kuwait has the highest obesity rate at 42.8%, followed by Saudi Arabia, Belize, Egypt, Jordan, uh, yeah, United Arab you, Emirates. If
1: you're, if you're thinking yeah. from a population percentage, uh, okay, but I don't know. <laughs>
4: Yeah, we're 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 still up there. I mean, we're number 11, so we're still up there for sure.
0: Let me ask you you this, Corey, because Obama's approval ratings just kind of skyrocketed over the last three months from the low 30s to 50%. How does the world see Obama? In Italy, do people like Obama? Do they fear Obama like they fear a Trump presidency? How's Obama looking around the world?
1: No, it's it's totally neutral. I mean, honestly, it's the only... President since I've been coming over to Europe since the 80s, that nobody even really talks about. It's just kind of he's there, he does stuff, but there's no real European impact. And I don't know if that's because there's not such a there's not such a, a, a presence or need for you know this the the conflict with Russia. It's like Europe is so absorbed with its own problems that it's like, you know, okay, it's not like they're they're squeezed between America and Russia anymore. It's more like they're like, we're dealing with our stuff and, uh, you know, trying to negotiate with, with the Americans and the Russians to stop the violence in the Middle East so all these people aren't being uprooted and sent over here where they can't handle it. So... It's like the approval ratings on 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 the president. I think everyone over here realizes that it's not really the president that's in power. It's it's other people. You know what I
0: mean? That's <laughs> a powerful point. And you know, I I was talking earlier in the show. We pulled up a chart that said the most, you know, what what the world considers as the most threatening country, the biggest threat to global peace, is America. Mm-hmm. And I think there's, that is, yeah, that's how people feel for sure. Yeah. And it's just like, how do we kind of dispel that? I mean, it can't be because we we are the ones that have the nukes because lots of countries have the nukes. I mean, are we bullies? Are we seen as bullies globally? Are we seen as just erratic or backwater rednecks? Like how is this country seen? I I
1: ask people, it's like, they feel that we are bullies, but they still think we're cool. So it's like, which I don't get exactly. It's kind of weird. It's like, you know, they still, they like the music, the culture, the movies, you know, but then they think, well, and then we're, you know, the military's out of control. But it's really the people who control the military who are out of control. I think there's probably a lot of several really good generals, good people in the CIA, probably good people all the way through it. But there are so many people that are collaborating that are screwing it up for everybody else. That uh, it only takes a few bad apples to make everyone look bad. So
0: Yeah, true that it, definitely.
1: It's it's a strange it's a strange way of looking at it, because they think America's cool, but they, they don't like what's going on in the foreign policy. That's uh,
0: wow. Let me pass it over to Dwayne. Dwayne, this is the longest you've ever had to remain silent. I'm proud of you. <laughs> um, <laughs> Sorry, I know you, you want to chime in here.
3: I, I feel like I'm under arrest. <laughs> I have the right to remain silent.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right, so go ahead, Dwayne. Let us—I know you've got lots of thoughts on this. Let us have it. Well, I
3: think as far as Obama, I, I, as far as not talking about, I, I think first of all he's been quiet. He mostly on foreign policy. He has no foreign policy other than I'm going to drone strike. He Batman. opened up relations with Cuba. That's a big deal, right? <laughs> It's a big well, deal of Cubans, and it's a big deal of Floridians who have family in Cuba. But to Italy, to Germany – oh, God, I mentioned Germany. Where's Claire? Um, <laughs> to the U.K.? I don't think it means anything. Um, his foreign policy – I mean, he, he, he comes off as weak. Putin has taken center stage, and more Americans support Putin and respect him more now.
0: But that's than an indictment on Russia. us. Not on but Obama. It's
3: because Obama, or as I, I affectionately call him Oberry, Barry Satoro. He is so ineffectual and so weak. And it was caught on tape after I get in my sex, After I get elected a second term, I'll have more leeway to work with you when you're talking to Medved, the president of Russia, which has no power. Um, he he he's nothing. He he. All he can do is is uh, authorize drone strikes on countries uh, on private weddings in Pakistan. That's basically all he's doing. ISIS. You know after the French thing, you know he sent a couple special forces over, sent a couple airplanes over. Putin came in and said I'm going to fuck these motherfuckers up regardless if it takes me another nine years like it did the first time in Afghanistan. Oh he's how quickly we
0: forget Bin Laden, right? We got Bin Laden it, under this administration, didn't we? Uh, uh, Again,
3: I want to see the body. I want to see pictures. I want with oh. all. I want to see yeah, he's video. living in Obama's pool, pool house,
0: Dwayne. You got me. I
3: want to see proof. Oh, tell me then why SEAL Team Six, almost every member of SEAL Team Six who was on that raid, died in a freak helicopter accident, not even a couple months afterwards. I want to see a body, but regardless. It was
0: court election. And always oh, got in of of course, you'd want DNA evidence. And they showed you DNA evidence, and you'd want the people who vetted uh, no, who the people it. No. That's vetted.
3: Well, well, like, but still, I'm just saying, the man is ineffectual. Just like his stay in the Senate, he voted here 99% of the time. I think he only voted on two bills in the Illinois Senate. Kind of like Rubio. He votes here. Kind of like Rubio, exactly. I just think he's ineffectual. I, I just think Cory hit the on the head. they got their own problems. Obama... You know, we we think we're the world police, which we used to be, which we shouldn't be, but Obama has taken us so far away from even helping anybody that it it, it I think we've become a non entity in the world. We are no longer the the lone superpower. I think right now Russia is becoming more of a
0: superpower than us. They have rebuilt their military over to Corey. Corey when Tom Cotton yes. is forty six henchmen <laughs> write a letter to Iran and say, oh, make whatever deal you want. We're shredding that deal when we get in office. And they invite um, Ben, what's his name? Yatin, Ben Yatin, Yahoo or whatever. <laughs> Benjamin
3: Netanyahu. Benjamin Netanyahu. Benjamin Benjamin Netanyahu
0: yeah. Right, right. And behind Obama's back. And, and they break all these protocols. Does this make Obama look weak around the world, or do they just think that our Congress is assholes?
1: Well, no. oh, uh these negotiations have been going on all the time behind the scenes. They're just bringing them out front just to say, you know, what we can do it because the banks control it, and they're just saying they're just basically saying the presidency ain't nothing. So it's like we can do whatever we want with whoever we want in the presidency, you know, just like they did in the late 1800s. It's the same same bunch of dorks, same guy, you know, and, and we been, love it.
0: Right? Well, listen,
1: the well, you know, the, listen. The thing about Cuba, I mean, all of a sudden you're making Obama's going to break the trade embargo. Well, there has never been a trade embargo with the UK, Germany, Italy, and the rest of them. They've been, you know, you can buy Cuban cigars here. It's not like a big deal.
0: Ah, yes. I guess the Wayne had a point let me yeah. pass this over to you. I know you're not feeling 100% today. But do you feel like Obama is weak around the world or do you think that he is more of an olive branch, touchy-feely type of president or is he being laughed at? Are people like, "Haha, Putin took your lunch money?"
4: Yeah, I find it interesting that, you know, there are a lot of Americans that are very their 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 view of Russia is favorable or Putin is favorable but when you look at the numbers when you when you reverse that and look at how Russia looks at us from 2002 up until 2015 our approval rating obama's approval rating has gone from 61% down to 15%. I mean, oh, how we're viewed in Russia is is terrible and and I do think obama is weak. I, You know, I'm not going to make any bones about that. I think he's he's weak, but, I, you know, I kind of want to touch on something that Corey said earlier about how, Amer- how the world views us, but yet they still think we're very cool. In that article that you sent out that showed the greatest threats to, you know, where the greatest threat to the world and world peace is, and America was very prevalent on there, but they did go on to say in that article that when they talked to people and said, hey, where would you most like to move? America was very high on the list. Even though they see us as a threat to world peace, they want to be us. They want to be here because we have a lot of the inherent freedoms that they don't have. So in answer to your question, yes, I think Obama is it has us perceived as weak. But at the same time, I think the world views us as very powerful, and I think that's why they, even though they may not um, think of us as peacekeepers, they want to be part of the the winning team, if you want to use a Trumpism.
3: Firm. They're not, they want to move here because we're not bombing ourselves. That's why they want to move here. Yes. Uh, this great. is true, actually. Because I would, I would agree with that.
4: That's true. That's very true.
1: God. That's unbelievable, too.
4: So, yeah, definitely. I think he's weak, and I think that uh, – I think that people perceive us as a threat, but I also think they want to be us. And yes, Dwayne, you're right, because we're not bombing ourselves.
0: Right on. Hey, Corey, let me ask you this. As far as everybody else, let's say Rubio and um, Bernie Sanders, does does the world only, uh, as far as this election, is only Trump and Hillary on people's radars around the world? Or do people know who the lesser cast members are, like Kasich and Bernie Sanders?
1: Um, that nobody knows yet. Um, I would think by summer, as soon as things really get going, when when it really focuses on a couple candidates towards the end here, which it, it, it kind of is, but more for America. But in this media over here, all over the they you know, <laughs> if a football game comes on, it's just like anywhere else, you know, <laughs> they're not gonna want they don't care about any of this crap. They just want their team to win. And then if they lose, they beat the crap out of the other guys that are down down the road. You know, they're like, you know, they don't give a crap about this. It's uh it's it's very little concern. I would say the the interest level may may perk up towards when the convention start, but right now nobody gets any of that stuff. I mean you know Nobody knows about you know Ron Paul or any, you know anything like that. They, they they don't even know
0: what Congress is to Wow. So we're not as important as we think we are, right, Dwayne? I mean, we run around here going, America's number one. The whole world wants to be us. Let's put a McDonald and McDonald's in fucking Baghdad because everybody wants a happy meal <laughs> around the globe. And this isn't the case, right? This is our own arrogance, right, Dwayne?
3: Um, you know what? Our own American college students don't know who the hell our vice president is. So I can understand why people <laughs> in other countries don't know who, who our Congress or how our Congress works or who's running for office. I mean, except for probably us few, we don't know uh-huh. who's running in other countries. But I want to bring real quick if Bernie Sanders does get elected, how are we going to be viewed in the Middle East with a Jewish president?
0: I don't know if that's going to have a big impact. Um, Fern, what do you think? Is that a big impact? With Iran? No, I I really don't think it will have a big
4: impact. I mean, you know, Bernie doesn't really talk about his Judaism very much. I mean, he says he's proud to be Jewish and he, you know, has his religion. But he doesn't doesn't scare me as far as um, uh, just interjecting his religion into politics
3: as much as Ted Cruz does. Oh God! So, right. but, but how would a how would your radical Shiites and, and Arabs and Muslims feel though? I mean, you know, you have another Jewish leader. The only other Jewish leader I can think of is Benjamin Netanyahu in the world. I mean, I would think
4: oh that's for God's sake! They hate that. us anyway. That's not going to make a well, difference.
0: Well, it's really not going to make a Let difference. Me ch- Let me chime in Let here. Are not on Jewish. On that Jewish note, let me make this quick point, Corey. Um, Louis Gobert Gobert, just came out and said that Jewish people who vote for Hillary over Sanders are kind of traitors to their race. What do you think about that, Dwayne? Did you hear that breaking story? No, I did not hear that. I I apologize for not being up to date on it. I did not. Wow. So that's just a side note. Go ahead, Corey.
1: Hey, John, I think I'm going to have to move back just to watch the news feed. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh you don't want our funny. news to we watch but, BBC but,
1: but, to get actual news. Well yeah, well yeah, exactly. Well the thing is, um someone who's a, who's Jewish and someone who's a Zionist are two different types of people. You have the rabbi style yeah, yeah. well, the Zionist, you know, people and then there's Jewish people that are, you know, Jewish people. You know? It's uh and they're You know, not necessarily pro what's going on with Palestine or anything else. So, you know, but the Zionists are definitely. They they definitely have have a, you know, a a cross to bear, shall we say, with an odd statement, but yeah, (laughs) a cross to bear, uh, because they want that land for whatever reason. There must be a hell of a lot of oil over there, that's all I can tell.
0: Well, and here's what strikes me when I watch um, all these call, all these calls and all this information around the world and people talking about America, we seem to think that America's like this load-bearing jenga piece and that if it if it falls, so falls the world. And that's not the case, right, Corey? I mean, if America starts to deteriorate, our credit rating went down, that didn't do anything to the global marketplace. So, I mean, America can kind of fall from position and somebody else can rise up, and that's not going to change the political landscape of the whole universe, is it?
1: Well, Ram didn't die in a day, did it? Um, no. Nope. <laughs> and uh, you're basically looking at us uh, at a new Rome, and uh, the whole. Yes, uh, we are. Oh, yeah, the whole culture is based like that. And, uh, you know, it took hundreds of years for it to fall to, to into complete utter Um But. Uh, I mean, people think Americans are cool. You know, that's it. it, it, it and, um, and let's face it, we are. But you know, the, uh, the it's not going to end because of a credit rating because the, the countries down here, you know, the Spain, the Greece, the Portugal's, um, they they're in debt as much as America. So. It's not. Uh, you know, they're not going to feel. They might actually feel empathy for. You know, they might. They might feel like, wow, you yeah, know, these guys are just like us. They might like. like yeah, welcome American to our level. More. Yeah, they'd be like, you know, check it out. But it's um, it's such a different culture. Um, there is, I just don't know how to explain it. It's uh, it's what you want America to be. Uh. At all times, but uh, you know, America's so cool; it just—it's almost too cool for itself.
0: Huh, ah, that's a good way to put it, Dwayne. You made a statement today on the phone, or I believe it was yesterday, and you said, "You know what? If Trump's a bit of a fascist, and if he gets in and he brokers all these backdoor deals, and we become a little bit of a fascist country." Maybe that's okay, because maybe after four years of fascism, it'll kind of jolt America. It'll grab them and fucking shake them and say, look, look what we could be. Look how, look at the dark road we could go down. Um, is, is that something you really believe? Like maybe a bit of fascism in America will save us from ourselves? First, I want to say I can't believe Corey's in a rock band.
3: This guy knows too much politics to be a rock star. That's all i got to say there. Have you heard <laughs> of music?
0: But, I mean, those guys, I, I I have gotten I some of my political gravitas. Like, the reason that I am the way – like, Corey's a warrior soul has kind of imprinted on my fucking DNA. Because of things I have like that, miss- when I was young and impressionable, instead of saying, like, oh, I'm just going to kind of watch the Jeffersons and tune out – like I was like <laughs> bands like that fucking woke me up where I was like holy shit man I dig these guys and they are saying like that song Jump for Joy I remember listening to that song and being like oh my god this is the world like I live in Baltimore <laughs> Maryland this is the fucking I love world.
3: the name of the, I love the name of the band I, I, Corey I hate to say this I, I am stuck in the 80s so I am more of an 80s type music fan I do apologize but I appreciate well, and, and and I admire musicians, anybody who can play or sing or do whatever. I admire completely. So I just want to put that out there. I feel like I'm an American <laughs> idol. But anyway, <laughs> um, back to the question. Yeah, and I, I know you almost shit your pants yesterday, Nick, when you heard it coming from me saying that maybe a little fascism or maybe even if a Bernie, a little socialism would get the people to wake up and say, hey, wait a minute. We have taken for granted the freedoms that have been taken away from us Silently over the years, by you know the NSA, our right to privacy, our right to search and seizures, our right to freedom of speech, our right to bear arms, has been taken away under the banner of democracy and the republic. Maybe if Trump came in and was a little fascist and said, "I'm going after reporters who say this about me," or if Bernie comes in with his 90 percent tax rate, and says, "Yeah, I'm going to take money from this person." Who started with zero, living in a slum, and now owns thirty Wendy's restaurants? I'm going to take over ninety percent of his money. I would. Because.
0: I would gamble that most billionaires in this country were born on third base and slid into home, patting themselves on the fucking back. Most well, of well, them well, are Howard they- <laughs> Hughes coming up from somewhere. Larry Flint, born in some fucking cabin in Louisiana, who made it into an empire, parlayed his life into an empire. So I, I call well, yeah, shit on that statement. The founder
3: of Wendy's, and Columbus, sorry, and Colonel Sanders, the founder, Sanders, the founder the of Wendy's, Dave, Dave, for, uh, Dave, Thomas. Thomas, yeah. Dave Thomas, Colonel Sanders, they all started from nothing. And they be, became – Walton, the gentleman who started the original Walmart, he was poor, dirt poor, started out, became – now look at it. But, I mean – I would think people
0: would hey, there's a thousand douchebag trust fund babies who had it fucking handed so them. So let, let's what I'm not sided about this. But what I'm saying is I think if we
3: go to an extreme of socialism or if we go to an extreme of fascism, I maybe it would wake enough people up, the average citizen who doesn't vote, doesn't give a shit, doesn't even know who the vice president is at this time, We'll come out and say, maybe this system is broken. Like you and I have said, Nick, many times, and now Corey said, we are Rome. We basically are mimicking the fall of Rome. Maybe we'll say, hey, look, we need a third party. We need to change this system to come back to where we can elect a regular guy off the street who might have a good fucking idea but not have a trillion dollars stashed away so that's the only way he buys himself into the presidency. That's how I look at it.
0: Well, let me ask Corey this: When you're writing something, God, it must have been about 20 years ago, right? God, drugs in the New Republic. Are do you? Did, was this your vision of what America would become 20 years after writing the songs on that album that are so prolific? Like, are you surprised where we are now, or did you kind of see this coming all along? I
1: think I read it because we were there already, and you guys just found out about it. The thing is, it was there. It's been there ever since they blew Kennedy's head off. And uh, it's so obvious when you look back now, but um, it's obvious. But I got to say something, Dwayne. You might be in the 80s, but I'm in my 80s. So (laughs) remember that.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Nice. You're not too much older than us. We're in our (laughs) Don't paint yourself going out the door yet. Um, Fern, (laughs) haven't heard much from you. What do you think of Dwayne's fasc? A bit of fascism might wake us up, um, theory. Well, you know when you when he when you were talking about
4: that Dwayne, you said you know maybe it takes a Bernie Sanders or a Donald Trump to wake people up. Personally, I would rather have a little more socialism in the way of taking care of people, wake people up, than a hate-filled fascist perpetuating hate and divide. Because if that's what it's going to take to wake people up. Um, I'd rather swing the kindness direction than the hate direction because hate begets hate begets hate. Kindness, you know, you pay that forward. People see that, put positive into the world. And I know it's rhetoric that I've been saying on the show for quite some time now, but if you put positive into the world, that positively impacts people. People see that you can be kind and take care of each other versus this hate-spewing, fascist, uh, toupee-wearing, just money. real
3: have it much, hair. That is his real hair. We his hair out of this. Are we going to have... That is his real hair, as well as that are his real fingers.
4: Those you are his real what? fingers, too. That hair is so long and combed over so deep that he could probably
0: <laughs> cut it off and donate it to Locks of Love. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure that's what Trump's first mission statement is, is to donate something to Locks of Love. <laughs> yeah. Would that get you (laughs) (laughs) over? Okay, I I want to make the fascism right. I mean, we've seen fascism (laughs) around the world, haven't we, Corey? And it never ends pretty.
1: Well, the thing is, people don't really take too kindly to it over here. But um, I think uh, I think we've seen enough enough fascism to know Mm -hmm. what it is, and I I don't think the majority of America. Uh, even even 20% of America would even realize it was happening.
3: The because way, they're
1: dumb. Because, well, no, it's because as long as you got football on Sunday, you're making a little bit of money, and you might be able to borrow just a little bit more to just get kind of a lease on that cool little car. You're not going to care because the German population didn't care. But I'll tell you what, they care now, (laughs) a lot. And, uh, I mean, I lived in Berlin, and you wouldn't believe the anti-fascist, the way they feel over there. But they are not going to tolerate even an incident.
3: I go to my son's and my daughter's school uh, from time to time just to have lunch with my daughter, especially their chili gut. I love their chili food in uh elementary school. But um it's homemade by the way, which is weird. But these kids they they're basically teaching them fascism there. It's like you must right. walk on this line. You cannot talk. The the teachers snap their fingers in like a three if they snap their fingers three times, the kids all have to sit down. They snap their finger once, the kids stand up. If they put you know they clap, the kids have to gather in a circle. They're pretty much teaching them now how to goose step like they did with the Hitler Youth. They're pretty much doing that in our schools now. They're teaching
1: fascism. I hope you don't mind if I speak again. I remember when I I was in elementary school, uh, it was right at the beginning of the Vietnam War. And every morning, we would have to, you know, stand up, put our hands on our hearts, and say, I pledge allegiance. United States, blah, 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 okay? Right. So, you know, and, you know, everybody in school did. When the bell rang, we had to walk down a, down a hallway. Now, the thing is, it wasn't, they weren't giving us mind uh performance drugs. <laughs> yeah, there wasn't That was, this, um, you know, Wow, that he didn't raise his hand at the right time. He obviously got OCD or whatever. You know they say it is, you
3: know. And, uh, well, I just get, put. I got put at the back of the class because I always popped out. You know, that's Nick. I always never raised my hand and always got in trouble for that shit. Well, there, oh there, yeah. There, but but there, was no, he, there
1: was no. Well, and there wasn't, and and the thing is, if if kids. Uh, if kids are just going to obey like that, and then they're constantly on computers being programmed, and you're just, it's a massive programming of a society. It was done in Nazi Germany. It's being done in America. We, you know, it is. I don't go to bars with TVs, I don't go to anywhere where I'm being bombarded
0: by stuff.
1: You know what I'm saying?
0: Yes. Now. I mean I get that. Hey, let me take this call because we've only got ten minutes left. We've got a caller, Michelle. Let me take this (laughs) Michelle, welcome to the show. You wanted to chime in with us?
5: I guess so. I mean I've never listened to your show before and now we've got there's a lot of discussion with politics, so I'm getting more involved and I really don't like hearing the word fascist being used on Trump. Um, obviously, whoever's using that word has listened to some kind of media, you know, soundbite. Went with that. Went with it all the way. Took it to the hilt, and now is using words like racism and fascism, and and it's so untrue. Our
3: thank I mean, you, Michelle. Thank you.
5: Yeah, and, yes. and you know, we got to stop being so accusatory, and we have to start listening to each other. And this whole thing with, um, you know, you're talking about Palestinians and Israel. Well, you know, I, I do use a lot of my own personal experience a lot of times. And I know in college I met this really young guy. He was a sweetheart, a total sweetheart. He was afraid to tell me he was from Palestine. He finally did. And, of course, me not being, knowing anything about Anything, I said, "Oh, you know, you look like my Jewish brother-in-law," <laughs>
1: which right. he did. He was a scary Ouch.
5: image, and there were like thirteen. Emo- I know it was, um, and it's like, and here I am sitting there like Odie, you know, not knowing anything, and and thirteen emotions went through his face, like. Where's the knife? I want to kill you. Then it was like, no, I love you. And it's like, what's happening? What should I, do? you know? And it was really kind of funny. And I liked this guy. And he, he was a sweetheart. And his, he, they've got a point of view, okay. And Trump alluded to that. Trump, uh, Trump is not a fascist. He's not a, a hate monger. He alluded Number to Catherine. the fact. He alluded well, to the me, fact let 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 that you know it. we gotta we gotta result try. The biggest thing he could do is to try to resolve some of these issues. And the the point that this particular guy he said, you know, the Israelis, you know, they took my father's house. My father was a carpenter. We had a house. One day we didn't have a house. And it's it's all about. It's horrible. Yeah. Well, it's horrible. But cannot that be fixed? I mean, can't? I mean, you know, for one thing, Trump is a developer. Can he possibly get them on the right track to provide more
0: homes? Let, let me jump in here real quick because I kind of want to push back on this a little bit. This is why I say Trump, and maybe I should use the term fascist tendencies and not just be hyperbolic and say fascist. This is why he has fascist tendencies. One, he said, look, if reporters talk bad about me when I'm in office, I'll sue them. He's basically saying I'm going to shut down free speech on that end. But the scariest thing, the thing that made me kind of quiver. No, 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 no,
5: no, 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 he didn't say that. He said when when they report untruths that they should be liable for what they're saying.
0: No, they shouldn't. I love Michelle. I work. love you, Michelle. When you put I yourself love you, Michelle. in, And I've got a I love you too. <laughs> when you put yourself in the public eye. Slander and libel laws kind of go out the window because you make a social contract that I am putting myself in the public eye. This is why the, the tabloids can get away with the crazy shit they get away with, because you're making a social contract. If I'm going to get to be in the public eye, I'm going to have to take a little bit of grief. But the, let me get on to the actual point. The thing that really scared me was but when he you said – do you think that's
5: right? Is that right? That's not right. It's not right. for me
0: to judge because it's constitutional. It is. But But let me well, make this – Michelle, well, when no, he it's not. Up,
5: no, if that's an interpretation.
0: Well, then everything's interpretation. an interpretation, and then we're just talking in circles. But the thing that really scared me was when he said, "Look, we're gonna we're gonna kill the families of terrorists, and we're gonna waterboarding is just the tip of the iceberg." And generals, we're supposed to respect the military, right? General said, "We will delay that order. We will not follow an illegal order." and he got up at that debate and said, "Oh, trust me, they'll follow my orders. They'll listen to me." I understand he's trying to project this position of strength, but when you say these generals, people who have been in the military their whole life and I haven't served day one, they will listen to me when I give illegal orders. How does that how does that not make you cringe a little bit in your gut? Nope,
5: doesn't make me cringe. Doesn't make okay. me cringe. And he he turned around and he said, of course I'm going to follow the laws, but I'm just saying that this particular group, is they're animals, and we can't be namby-pamby. I mean, hey, if Bernie Sanders was in there, he'd probably give them free education you know you
0: <laughs> yeah well that's kind of taking a shot though I mean let's keep it to the fact he Damn. walked it back because he got slammed by the media and had to walk it back because he's got to keep those numbers up um, we've got like two minutes left Corey do you want to chime in on this real quick from the Italy, like the outside the American view perspective out there in Italy
1: well you know I'm just I'm not sure you know uh,
0: how Trump is dealing with the Israeli situation but I know
1: the Israelis tear down enough of the Palestinian homes, they'll be mad happy to come and put up some buildings for them (laughs) and make sure that uh, those people are safe and happy in the Middle
0: East. All right, Dwayne, you've got a question for Michelle. Make it quick because I've got to get Corey, see what Corey's working on, and get everybody out the door here because we've got about four or five minutes left. Yes, Michelle, please make your response real quick. Do you think a lot of this, too,
3: is just Trump, Building his base, getting the attention, just so he does have a landslide. But a lot of this, the people are claiming fascism. Do you think a lot of it is just him talking up, just to show that he is stronger than what Obama is, as opposed to him truly wanting to to be a fascist leader? I think that's the point. He just oh being- yeah
5: oh it's you know what it's it's swag. A lot of it is swag. Thank
3: you. Thank a you. lot
5: of it is, you know. I a look at him like Teddy Roosevelt in a way. He's like, you know,
3: the buck stops here. Stick.
5: The buck stops here. But
3: and I he carry keeps a saying, stick, exactly. yeah, he
5: keeps saying he wants he wants the conversation. He wants to get to the bottom of things and fix them. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Thank and
3: that's, you, it's thank you, Michelle. Thank Michelle, I'm listening. sorry you, you didn't get a lot of time to
0: talk. Um, we've got to let you go because, unfortunately, we've got to go into the next segment. But, Michelle, thank you for calling in. We respect and, and you know welcome all opinions. Please keep listening to our show. Yeah. Maybe you'll hear me and Dwayne are on opposite sides of a lot of things, so maybe you'll always hear something you like. Hey, they like and respect.
3: I love you, Michelle. Thank you.
0: Love and light. <laughs> Bye.
3: It's great you're involved. <laughs>
0: All righty, Corey, we've got to move on to Kettle of Fish. We've got four minutes. Tell everybody what you're working on, where we can find you, and all that good stuff.
1: Well, I'm, we're getting a, all the promotion up for the new tour coming out through Holland. I haven't played Holland in a while, so I'm going to go up there and do that. And uh, it's a good time of year to do that because the mussels are there, Belgium is there, and the beer is there. So <laughs> nice.
0: that's pretty good. Nice. That's important.
1: We're, yeah, working on um, – I just finished two new paintings that I'm pretty happy with, and I'm glad you're happy with, you know, what I've done. And um, we're going to – we're working on Japan. We've got uh, the London Camden Rocks Festival coming up in June. I've got a tour of Italy coming up in April, and uh, we're going to Spain in May. So it's pretty busy time.
0: Wow. And I've – we've got your painting – which I love. Yeah. I'm Greek. My family's yeah. from Noxus. I love the painting you sent us, and it's hanging up downstairs. What's going on with your <laughs> art? Because you just put up a new art page on Facebook for your art. Yeah, it's um, it's
1: going quite well. I think uh, the last two years, it's really started to take off, and uh, you know, it's uh, rebellious. Uh, you know, based on my lyrics. Uh, I like to write on top of abstracts and abstract flags of nations. And, uh, and I write, you know, ghetto nation, we are the government, et cetera. And uh, it's easy to get to. You can, you know, just look up my name and you'll find some of my paintings. We've done cool. we've done really well with them. And they look great and they're big and they're bold. And they piss your mom off.
3: Corey, can you can you do, can you do a remake of Billy's and Billy's? Blame it on the rain, but call it blame it on Dwayne. You bet maybe do a cover <laughs> version of that. That'll uh, me a
1: good time because I just might do it.
0: Nice, <laughs> alrighty, Corey. Thank you so much for calling in. I know that you, oh, you guys are live.
1: All you guys, it's really fun to talk to you. Anytime, you just let me know. I
0: will All let you know. Thank you, Corey. All right, we got about a minute left, so what do you think? Awesome fucking show. That was
4: great. That was great. You know, I I actually just want to say I'm sorry I didn't get the chance to talk to Michelle, but um if you're listening, I I really admire you digging in and getting involved and listening to us and whether we agree or disagree, I hope that you'll, you know, stay on board and anybody else who's listening, if you want to call in and talk to us, we welcome all opinions and I just I love the open dialogue, so I just want to applaud Michelle for that. That was great.
0: Yeah, yeah, and yeah. and it's weird. I told Dwayne this before. I was like, we get a lot more calls from people who lean right than left. So it always drives me crazy when people are like, "Oh, well, your show's this liberal propaganda show." That's crazy, right? They love, they love the Badger. What the hell else can it be? They love the Badger. That's it. Right. Hold That's on it. one second, guys. You guys talk. I'm having a situation with our next guest, so you guys talk.
3: Okay. You guys still haven't told me if you want a picture of me in my mountain man outfit for the badger photo signed, or if you want me in a bleach bath with my badger for my badger photo.
4: I want you painted purple in a lime green mankini. Oh dear Like Lord. Patrick Starfish want... from 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 uh, from SpongeBob. SpongeBob.
3: Oh, trust me. I know who Patrick Starfish is. I hate that bastard. I like Squidward. Yeah,
4: you can put little Hawaiian flowers on your chest and and put on a, a, a lime green mankini. That would be awesome.
3: Get, can we can we get, can we get on that, Dwayne? Dwayne? Can
4: we make that happen? If you what's it, it going to take to make green, that happen,
3: Dwayne? Send me the lime green mankini. I don't have any money right now to buy one, but I would do that if you could send me
4: one. <laughs> what do we What do we have to do to make that happen? I mean, what, what kind of what what kind of situation Just, would that be?
3: Just send me the mankini, and I will have take the photo. I just don't have the money to buy the mankini right now. You send you
4: me have to, You have to put it on the ignorance equation page so that everybody can see the Badger and all of his You stories. guys
3: can put it wherever you want. I will sign it for the for the giveaway swag pack for the 100th episode. There you go. You get me, right. me, me a mankini in the mail before the show, and I will have that picture up for you guys. My face nice. will be covered,
0: but. How, How are we doing right? Nick? Thank everybody for listening today. to the Ignorance Equation. We will be back next week. Um, I don't think we have a guest for next week yet. I'm going to have to, I think we're just going to kind of do an open forum type show. Awesome. Sounds good. Uh, all righty, guys. Everybody have a good weekend. Right. See you Bye-bye. guys so much.
3: We talk Try very hard, but we got that fucking
1: box we talked a lot.